South, South Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So how's your week been so far? Uh, it's been pretty good, man. Uh, last night I had the opportunity to, well, since we talked, called a seventh grade game on Tuesday, had church on Wednesday night, and then uh, last night had the opportunity to work on the, uh, or do the announcing for the eighth grade game, and uh, it was not a very good night. They have a B team and an A team, and the B team won, and the A team got pounded, 34-6. to Who are they playing? They play D.C. D.C. Let me just tell you, if we're still doing the UTW podcast four or five years from now, D.C. is going to be pretty loaded. 34 to 6. 34 to 6. Big, yeah, skill players were good. Big, big linemen. I mean, I'm talking about some guys that could probably play right now in the high school ranks were pretty, pretty big. But the biggest part about my night, Derek, was uh, got home with that, came home for dinner. Yeah, came home for dinner from the the game, and uh, my my daughter hit a deer. Oh, no. Yeah, my daughter hit a deer. Went to get uh, dinner last night and hit a deer. I don't know if we hurt the deer or killed the deer, but uh, today's generation, she pulls over and Googles what to do if you hit a deer. <laughs> so Googles what to do if you hit a deer. She didn't just Siri that? You can't just Siri, hit the Siri button? Uh, no, she, uh, she Siri? said she was going to Lenny's. So she takes it, comes out by the ARG building, takes a left, hits the deer, sees the deer fly in her rearview mirror, oh. and uh, proceeds to uh, call. Did she put it in the She called the police, the Derek. No, she called the police. No, she did not. She called the police. Oh, no. Not nine one one. She was. She made it clear to not call nine one one. But the app, or the when she Google what to do if you hit a deer, it says contact the police. <laughs> okay. So well, I, I was thinking more. Tommy Boy puts the deer in the back sure, seat. Of course, yeah. takes it to see, and then right. uh, you know just. Yeah, oh, that oh, was awesome. That <laughs> Holy shnikes. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she called the police. The police, the lady, uh, you know, 911. She didn't call 911, but, you know, what's your emergency? And she proceeds to have to tell the lady she killed a deer. After the lady stopped laughing at her, mm. she uh, responded, like, do you need an actual report or anything like that? So she's fine. I think the deer is fine, actually. Uh ran off or, or whatever but uh so that's that was last night uh my daughter hit a deer and proceeded but that's this generation though right hey i don't know what to do what am i going to do i'm going to i'm going to get on google and i'm going to i'm going to google what to do if you hit a deer yeah i would have i would have <laughs> driven home not said a word prayed in the morning you could not see what the damage was done to the no car. damage no damage no damage wow that's 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 incredible I know. well i don't think well, she's of course, I, that's me so i wake up the next morning one whew, and probably would have told Never her 10 mentioned. years later and laughed at the supper table. Well, that, that's how that would have happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's what last night looked like. Called the eighth grade football game. Uh, again, D.C. beat Hernando, but uh, good job for those kids or by those kids. And, um, yeah, come home to my daughter saying, I hit a deer, which my heart stopped there. Everything's fine. She's fine. Car's fine. And she called the police over hitting well, a deer. I'm sure the police are having a, a nice laugh oh, sure. about that. I guess so. so. I guess that's you put that on the police report or something. I don't know. That's but awesome. anyway, that's that's what happens, or that's this generation here. Uh, they don't know how to act. They just go straight to Google and say, okay, Google, what do I do? <laughs> well, I didn't. Not, mine was not that, I guess, exciting. Yeah, you're weak, yeah. Well, no, uh, hey, so real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt. For those of the listeners that don't know, North Point Middle School Cross Country, you're wrapping up the season. Right to the season Today, this uh, week. Yesterday was your, se- your season uh, yes. finale. Yeah, last night. So uh, I did coach the junior high team, the girls and the boys, that because of the virus they had to run separately. Girls always had their meets on Wednesdays. Boys had their meets on Thursdays. And that ended this week. Uh, the girls, I guess, I had three girls. Um, so really I couldn't have a team. You have to have at least five for uh, actually if you want to qualify as a team of any sort. So we only had three. The girls all made improvements over the year, over the I guess five weeks. I, I coached them for about six weeks before that, so a total of about ten or eleven weeks. They did great. Boys ran last night. 
did well. Uh, actually had a, a guy come very close to making state. He did not qualify uh, for the state, but he did uh, do very well in the city championship. And if he would have ran his time that he ran in the city championship, he would have qualified for state. Mm. So it's just it's one of those things where you know it's you know cooler weather, maybe slightly a little warmer, and you just run you know have a bad run. But very proud of them. Uh, but the season has ended. I, I do get my afternoons back now, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, and also last night, I did catch the uh, a little bit of the Arch Manning football game on TV. Okay, Arch looking good. Uh, watched a couple touchdown drives by Arch, and then went to bed because that's what I do. Um, but who did they, they play? Who did Newman? They play played last night? BTW, Booker okay. T. Washington, uh, good New Orleans, you sure, know, good New Orleans uh, rivalry down there, I guess of some sort. And uh, I was hoping, you know, maybe catch them playing John Curtis or somebody like that. But it was it was Booker T. And uh, you know, when I went to bed, they were up, but. Again, I, I didn't even check the score this morning, gotcha. so I'm not sure. But he, he played pretty, pretty well? Yeah, I mean, he was dropping dimes the first couple drives he had the ball. Just, I mean, he's a sophomore, 6'3", 195. Yeah. So, good size. Still could you know, put a little weight on him. Uh, Cooper's up on the stands with the hat pulled down. And like Archie, you know, Archie used to do sure. when they would play. And kind of hiding up in the top of the stands. But uh, it was good. I'm mean, just you know watching the young kid and you know, all excited. And obviously a pretty high-quality brand of football. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, wish him nothing but the best safety-wise and uh, health-wise. And, and just me being from Louisiana, uh, I know that's such an important family for, for Louisiana people. So, uh, definitely want very to – Very nice uh, campus. Yeah, Isidore yeah, Newman. Isidore very, Newman. Very, campus very is very nice. Campus. Very, very nice campus, absolutely. Anyway, so that was uh, that was basically my night. And then this, uh, this morning got up and, uh, you know, left the house and headed this way. So, you know – but, Matt, speaking of houses. The podcast brought to you by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch has now been our presenting sponsor for two weeks. Uh, we certainly appreciate them investing in us and believing in, in us for their advertising dollars, and hopefully uh, it'll begin to pay off for them. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been the number one team for residential real estate in DeSoto County for over a decade. They've been together for 13 years. They possess over 55 years of residential real estate experience on their team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in DeSoto County, look no further than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or look them up on the web at www.teamcouch.com. That's www.teamcouch.com. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday from the Mobile Car Studios. Mid-South Vans has now become Mobile Car, Van, and Truck Rental. Mobile is positioned out of Starkville, Mississippi, and we're their fourth location here wow. in Hernando. And realize they had four locations. That's awesome. Right. So we're their fourth location here in Hernando. Again, Mobile, M-O-B-Y-L, Van, and Truck Rental. Right here in Hernando, off McCracken, the same place that you'd have seen Mid-South Vans is now Mobile Car and Van Rental. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. want to remind everybody, Derek, that if your insurance company says you have to use Enterprise, Hertz, Budget, something like that, that is simply not true. Uh, mobile Car Rental will match the prices of Enterprise by whatever your insurance company says. No reason to drive to the airport. No reason to drive to South Haven anymore. If you need a car rental for your body shop, or an insurance claim, please reach out to Mobile Car Rentals right here at Hernando, 662-469-4555. What, what a great asset to have for the city to be able to do that and just you know, pick up a car right here. Well, the fact that, I mean, in, in the new census, Hernando is going to have 20,000 people, and there is not a car rental place in Hernando until now. So 662-469-4555. 
to reach the team at Mobile Car and Van Rental. Speaking of the Mobile Car and Van Rental Studios, uh, we were lucky enough this week to have an interview with the mayor of Hernando, Mississippi. Mr. Tom Ferguson was nice enough to come in and visit with us uh, earlier, uh, I'm sorry, yesterday. We had an opportunity, Derek sat down with the mayor for about 20, 25 minutes to uh, record an interview and talk more about what's going on in Hernando, talk more about Mayor Ferguson and his plans for the future. And Mayor Ferguson certainly talked a little bit about what's going on in Hernando now. So we're going to turn to that interview at this time. Today we have Mayor Tom Ferguson here. Uh, Mr. Mayor, welcome to the program. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, really looking forward to this interview. So we have uh, just a, you know, obviously we're going to go through some questions. And the first one is, is that you've been our mayor for almost four years, but there have been maybe some people who have not heard from you or met you yet. Please tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, my father and mother were longtime residents of Hernando. I was born and raised here. I have two sisters. Uh, one's in Bozier City, Louisiana, and the other one resides here. I graduated Hernando High School and attended Northwest Mississippi Community College and continued my career to Mississippi State University where I earned a degree in agriculture economics. With the support of local farmers, I started an agriculture aviation business and continued my aviation career to the airlines, and I'm back home today. That's great. So you, did you like crop dusting and stuff like that? Yes, crop dusting. Professional words, agriculture, aviation. <laughs> Uh, I, I knew that you did that, but uh, I, I do want to have to ask you, you know, I know that's a pretty dangerous profession sometimes, or it can yes. be. Uh, what was kind of a, just real quickly, a, a scary story of, of maybe one time that you've flown, maybe too close to the trees or something like that? Do you have any of those stories? All those little things happen from time to time. I mean, you have little incidents, and hopefully you don't have an accident, but when you're challenging things, is going under the power lines. Right. And, you know, it's just uh, it's a technique, and it's safe to do it. But after an ice storm, the uh, wires kind of sagged a little bit mm -hmm. and we had a protective device from the cab to the tail to push the tail underneath the wire and unfortunately i glazed one one time but no damage was done and no, no one was hurt and i was very <laughs> appreciative well I, I just i've seen them you know when you're driving to the um, the delta uh, and i'm from natchez so sometimes outside of, of the city uh, you'd see them and you know when if you time it just right where you're going under it as it's crossing the road or yeah. something like that it's, it's pretty cool Absolutely. to watch but between uh agriculture and aviation two biggest dreams was farming and flying so i put the two together and became an ag pilot and i really enjoyed it well that's great now what airline did you work for uh, it was pinnacle airlines uh, to start off with a subsidy uh, a regional airline for northwest and it continued on to the merger of delta and became um, endeavor airlines okay and i had 18 years there and became a flight instructor with them uh check airman mm -hmm. and then a faa designee for the airlines and I would actually give students their license. Well, that's really, well, that's good with the instruction and stuff like that. That's my co-host Matt. He's always wanted to kind of have a private license like that and you know be able to fly planes. And that's something I've never really wanted to do, but I I do respect it. And I being able to go up like that is, has got to be a freeing experience. Absolutely, I really enjoy it. Now today I'm still able to fly. I got my license current and all that. I'm a corporate pilot for a family in this area, and I really enjoy flying for them, and it keeps me up to date with all. Well, four years ago, I mean, you, as you said, you flew for that for 18 years, and then four years ago, uh, you decided to run for mayor. What made you want to run? Yeah, Hernando is an old town. It was established in 1836, and it's the county seat. With all the progress, I wanted to see the older park preserved. This is where I reside, keeping Hernando similar to what it, it has been and moving forward with the times is one of my goals. Kind of led you into... Getting into the mayor the first time or wanting to be the mayor the first time? Yes. Just being a lifetime resident and always had an interest of Hernando and seeing the best for it. 
uh, kind of you know, deep into the third year uh, of you being mayor and starting the fourth year, obviously, because the, the, for those of the listeners, the city year starts on October 1st. Correct. Uh, runs through September 30th of each year. So this is the start of the fourth year. You know, basically back in September, of course, every year you have to have the budget passed by September 15th. Correct. Uh, I guess it's by state law. Is that Correct. State law. Uh, and so tell us, um, you know, for this year, leading up to 2021 20, year, what are the main revenue sources for the city? And then what would be the, I guess, the top expense lines for the city where you're trying to balance that budget? Uh, property taxes are one of our biggest. Car tags and sales tax. Those are our three main revenue sources for Hernando. Uh, public service is the biggest expense for the citizens of this community. Uh, so far, we have added an additional ambulance my first year in office. That was a great accomplishment. We've had to purchase two new fire trucks in the past three years. Our police department has numerous new cars. And in the 2021 budget, we have body cameras for our police officers. So that's uh, a lot of the expenses for this year, but going into the safety. Correct. Uh, to, um, you know, as you said, mentioned the ambulance. Uh, the, yeah, I know that we have a new fire chief at the Correct. start of the year. Absolutely. Marshall um, Barry, he's a lifelong resident of Hernando. So it kind of leads us into the next question. So, you know, we kind of know every year now, we know this, the sales tax, the ad valorem taxes, uh, and then you've got the property taxes that kind of, uh, you know, give us what we can do. What are some of the, like, new projects that are, y'all are looking at for the 2021 year? The new projects we're looking at right now, we've got some NRCS projects, which is National Resource Conservation Center. Uh, we will be doing improvements to some ditches around town, and one of the ones that should be very prevailing are, would be the east side of the walking trail down there, the walking track at mm-hmm. Kirkendall Park, at east and south side, and then it'll continue south down Wren Street, so that ditch would be stabilized, cleaned up with the trees. Mm-hmm. And there's numerous other areas here. That's the new projects coming up. We got about $800,000 in overlays, street overlays, that we would like to really accomplish. And I really want to concentrate on our business center, but also I want to keep the residents in, in mind, too. Water and sewer, our infrastructure there, we are having plans of increasing what we need for our community. You're talking about like in, uh, adding water and sewer? Yes, adding water and sewer to our city. Uh, it's one of our weaker points right now, but we're really making progress with it, looking at grants and loans and things of that nature. Is that kind of, uh, I'm assuming that's kind of trying to reach the new commercial spots that we have? Correct. Absolutely. Uh, like get well and, and other places? Yes, get well is a main focus and at Mac and Bell. And Mac, oh, the new Mac, uh, Great. new Mac and Bell. Yes. Sir. So we're looking at kind of redoing around the uh, Milton Kirkendall Park. Uh, looking at adding some water lines, adding some sewer lines. What about positive things and, and infrastructure is definitely needed? What about from this year's budget? Is there anything that you kind of came down to the you know right at the end that you may have had to have cut or maybe postponed to another year or two in order to make the budget work? Yes, we did, and that comes out of street overlays. Okay. Uh, our main road that we really want to do, and we're probably going to do it in the near future anyway. We just got to figure out another method to do it, and that would be Mac and Vale North of Green Tea Road. Okay. Quite a bit of that will be in the exit ramp project, about a thousand feet north of the bridge. Right. And then we'll find out what's needed after that and hopefully we'll come to some resolution where we can accomplish that. So yeah, I'd hope to do it this year, but probably push it off a year or two. It, it would probably be in twenty, probably in a twenty twenty two budget because the Macabell Road won't open until October, I think, of twenty one. Totally so it could be in a 22 budget, but I think we'll make it. Well, good. And that's a perfect segue. Next thing I wanted to ask you was kind of talk about there's been a lot of projects. I mean, we, we just discussed the new ones that you hope to kind of look to do over the next year. 
But there's been several ongoing projects that's been going on for several years, some of them in the planning stations, now some of them that are actually being done. Uh, so tell us a little bit uh, briefly about the I-269 exit, uh, the new McInvale Road extension, and then, of course, the, uh, the wrap-up of the linear park. Absolutely. The McInvale Exchange exit ramp should be completed in May of 21. Yeah, so this is coming up spring, okay. Correct. Yeah, the McInvale realignment was the road that would made it successful for us to uh, get the exit ramp at McInvale off 269. Uh, the realignment looks to be completed in October 2022, which would be a great progress. A lot of people are looking at that area right now. That's about $20 million in projects there between the realignment and the exit. Conger Park, we've got some sidewalk improvements there. Uh, they are going out to bid now, I think this next month. And the Renaissance Park, we've uh, added additional funding for paving some more of the white rock that's down there. On the on the uh, the nature kind of walking trail, oh, yes, on the nature trail, and we got the pedestrian bridge up there. We were able to uh, acquire from the city of South Haven. Mm-hmm. All right, Linear Park is really a great project we've been working on. It should be completed October of this year. So we got a couple more weeks. We just did the final walkthrough inspection this past week, which has just writing up a few things for the contractor to finish up or things that weren't correct to the funding. Uh, it is a absolute asset to this community because the congestion we're getting and people will be able to exercise on this i like to run you know a few times a week and uh i've been able to in the last week or so they've kind of opened up taking down some of that orange netting been able to go up and down it um especially early in the morning you know when it's still dark it's very nice to have to not have to worry about dodging traffic or traffic seeing you or uh so i think it's a great thing of course it also allow for you know bikes Correct. Uh, to be able to use it. Uh, and then uh, also, I think it was originally put in to have to allow you know kids to get to school. I mean, you can walk up and down that side of the road going either to Hernando Hills or walking to the high school and getting a, a crosswalk right there. Is that correct? That, that is absolutely correct. And Linear Park, with the new McAvell realignment, it will pick up north of Bahia Road and continue all the way to Green Tea. Oh, so there'll be a sidewalk built along correct. the side of that. It'd be a Lydia Park on right. the east side and then a sidewalk on the west side. On the west side. Okay. Uh, another project we just got approved for was a sidewalk from Walgreens to the school, which would oh. be the west side of McIntyre. On the west side. Okay, Correct. so in front of the apartments and everything, Correct. so I can jump on yes. it. Oh, that, that'd be great. It'd be another way for children to walk to school safely. Really pushing for more pedestrian society to allow people to get around easier without having to get in their car. It helps on congestion. Uh, helps, uh, of course, helps with exercise. Uh, so I think those are all good things. You know, we just you just got finished talking about the, the linear part, and I know that there's been some discussions around town about the the chain link fence uh, and how that is it was put up, uh, erected, and you know, kind of over the, the the low portions. Of the, there's a ditch that right there at McInville where it goes over, and of course we know that chain link fences are not allowed inside the city of Hernando. What what's the plan for that chain link fence going forward? Yes, it's a temporary fence, and our plans are to add a vertical iron fence. And the spacing, this is a federal highway project, so we have to follow the federal guidelines. I think the spacing is like four inches, and it will be, uh, I think, five foot tall at a minimum. So like a five foot tall, like an ornamental black fence, five foot tall with a four inch spacing in between each pole. Okay. Um, And so when when do you expect that to, I guess, the chain link fence to come down and that to go up? Uh, We're working on it right now. We got a couple of quotes. We should have it hopefully getting installed within the next four weeks anyway about you know maybe about thanksgiving somewhere yeah there. it's a lot of paperwork with it. Oh, <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> but we're fortunate to have the opportunity to get this federal and state money to come back on that project only cost the citizens of hernando about two hundred thousand oh, dollars wow. it's a million dollar project 
So 20%. Great. They put 20% in. Another thing that we, you know, kind of talked and, and, you know, we previewed on our preview, we actually discussed it on our show back last week, uh, was the, uh, during the Alderman meeting, the last Alderman meeting, which were, was held the first Tuesday of October, was in the discussion about the wards. Hernando has six wards. Uh, we have six aldermen within an at-large alderman that represents the entire city to go along with the mayor. And so we have a, a seven-member board. And, you know, those, they represent, you know, different parts of the city, of course, you know, and, and you hopefully the listeners are familiar with who their ward is, who their alderman is. This, you know, our wards are kind of out of whack, and that's kind of the title that we used last time. Uh, was that the fact that there's some, you know, there's some aldermen that have 3,500 people that are basically, you know, people that ask them questions or have them, you know, they have 3,500 people that they support. Uh, there's other aldermen that only have 900 people that they support. And so obviously that's out of whack. And we had had a census done back in 2010. Is that correct? 2010? Correct. Okay, so yes. one off 2010 numbers that we got in 2011. And at that time, typically what a city does is to, would be to redistribute uh, the population evenly or as best as they can between uh, the aldermen. Was that done at the time? Uh, not to my knowledge, it was not. Okay, so at the time it was not done. And so we've been basically working off of maybe 2007, 2008 is the last time that we had a redistricting. Now it's 2020 and it's still not done. And so that was basically a lot of the conversation of the last meeting. Go into a little bit about what the board is looking at in trying to redistrict you know, the, the population to make the wards a little more even. Uh, the city of Hernando has hired uh, Central Mississippi Planning Development District to draw out the wards to follow the United States Constitution, which each ward should be within uh, the population of 10%. Okay. Uh, they've hired an attorney. The attorney has come up with suggestions. He's come up with two plans for the alderman to vote on. So there was four other plans also drawn in. But it's all about the United States Constitution and one man, one vote is where this comes from. And it's equal representation for your citizens. Right. So you try to split it up to where each district has an even number of people so they can vote and then you know that, that person can represent them Correct. You know, for their needs in the city. Correct. But right now we're out of whack, and I think the number is like 98.4% or something like that. I believe is, you're correct is the number that we're out of whack from the largest to the smallest. And so they've got to get that more evenly. And you mentioned that there's probably five or six different options, but the attorney has narrowed it down to two options. Why Why those two options? Why does he feel strongly about those two options? I'm not really sure. Uh, one of them is within balance. The other one is at 16%, and that was his recommendation. He said he can defend them. I know that there was some discussion, I think, uh, just by looking at it. One of them, as you said, is under 10%, which is what we want. Correct. Um, the other one is over 10%, but I think if I remember right had the largest uh, minority vote uh, for a, a one of the wards and I think that has to tie in a little bit with the Civil Rights Act. Is that correct? Correct. Absolutely. So explain about kind of what that act was saying about that, you know, uh, uh, trying to have the, I guess, minorities represented in some way. Uh, the Section 2 portion of the Civil Rights Act says you will not dilute a ward. And I believe that ward was diluted just a little. But, I mean, they tried everything they could and all that to try to keep it up. And they were just unsuccessful at doing it. Right, because they're trying to add more people to that ward to get it. Because that was the smallest, am I correct in saying that was the smallest ward? The smallest population in that ward. I know that, uh, obviously, the the next Alderman meetings is next Tuesday on the 20th. Is this something that you're going to be, I guess, bringing before the board again? Correct. It would be brought to the board for a discussion. We'll discuss it again and we need to act on it so what what kind of time frame in order to try to have this done before the elections which happen next spring 
uh, what would what kind of time frame are we looking at trying to either get this approved or, or have a discussion and then maybe put it to a vote and being able to implement that in time for the next election? The best would be to have it done by the end of November. If it takes December, I think we still have time, but I'd like to have it completed by the end of November so they can start getting with uh, Circuit Kirk's office and get the lines drawn up, then the public needs to know. We can get that information out to the public quickly as soon as they vote on it. But then it'll take the Circuit Kirk's office a little time to work on it to get it all squared away. Okay, and that that's do they that when you do, would they reissue the voting cards to show it, or is that just more of a okay? Well, now I'm in this neighborhood, and they'll have the information to go to the polls, or do you know how that works? Uh, they will uh, notify the voters that okay. they're in this ward, and then they'll proceed further with all their actions they have to take. Again, we're going to cover that. Um, you know, we'll, of course, the meeting will happen next Tuesday night at 6, 6 p.m. Great. Uh, any of the listeners who are encouraged to come, I mean, obviously all board meetings are open. Uh, there is some, obviously, uh, with uh, the uh, coronavirus uh, that you do, you know, we do, if you prefer to wear a mask, people wear a mask, you know, kind of sit apart, but all meetings are open to the public. If you're not able to watch them, uh, you know, in person, they are put up online, usually an hour or two. Well, they're streamlined now. We oh, just got new okay. internet service down there and all new phones for the city. So, yes, they streamline now, and they will be on the website the following day or that night. Okay, so you can watch it live. Uh, and if you missed that, then, yeah, as you said, I've, I've watched it, um, you know, usually when I'm not able to make the meeting, then I'm able to find it usually the next day, as you said, Great. and yes. be able to watch that. So we'll break that down uh, during next Friday's show. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, and kind of see, you know, where that went, if it came to a vote. And that's, well, you know, uh, kind of wrapping up here, I do want to uh, allow you, what are some, we know what's in line for the budget this year and kind of the new projects that are online. What are some other things that you would like to see uh, going forward for the city uh, if you were elected to another term uh, as mayor? Uh, really, the, my main focus has been on infrastructure right now. I mean, it takes a little bit of everything to make a city really work, and that's industry to commercial to residential. Right now, we're fortunate we're spending this about $350 million being spent within a three-mile radius. Wow. And that's around the McInvale Road with the new uh, Associated Warehouse groceries coming. This is opening up the new corridor to Hernando. My goal is, like I said, keep it similar to what it's always been, and let's just focus on the future and let's grow smart. Right. Let's grow smart. That's my main goal. But one of our main focuses with me right now is working on the infrastructure. And, that's and again, that's uh, because and I hope that – uh, the listeners understand that you know a lot of the, as he mentioned before, most of the city revenue comes from taxes of some sort. Correct. And the majority of that being property taxes. And Hernando, you know, has a beautiful community, a, a beautiful uh, household community, but uh, we are lacking in commercial. Uh, am I wrong in saying that? No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, when, when I was growing up here, we had three new car dealerships. Mm-hmm. We had three new tractor dealerships. We were pretty successful being in the county seat. And we didn't have everything we wanted, but we had all the needs to make a city progress. And so I think with the, what, what South Haven and Isle Branch done, of course, they're, they're closer to Memphis, you know, had um, you know, being borders. So, you know, companies could come over. They were able to, to attract a lot of the commercial and the industrial uh, buildings. And, and so those taxes, those property taxes are a lot higher than household taxes. And so with but with the new Mackinville Exchange, with the new Getwell Exchange, we now have corners that are, you know, designated commercial that you're talking about getting the infrastructure to to help us with our tax base. Correct. Absolutely. Again, I think that's a you know a good project, I mean a good uh, way to look at what we need to be doing going forward. But I really do appreciate your time here. Is there anything that you would like to say to the constituents and to I guess, you know, next spring of course, potential voters, uh, 
uh, but before we leave today? Well, I just want to thank you for having me today, and I look forward to hopefully coming again in the future. But this is a very difficult job. It's very time-consuming, and I have enjoyed it, and I look forward to being here again. Mayor Ferguson, we really do appreciate your time today. Uh, we you know, will absolutely would love to have you on again, and so we will definitely reach out to you in the future to come back on and to uh, update us where the city is. Um, so, we again, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. We want to thank Mayor Ferguson for coming on the show. I do want to correct something after our interview the mayor called me and said he that he believed that he said October of 2022 for the finishing of the McEnroe Road realignment. It's actually October of 2021. So the exit, the interchange at two, uh, 269 will be completed in May of 21. And then about four or five months later, the realignment of McEnroe Road to that exit will be completed. So everything by this time next year, we will have a new exit off of 269 for McEnroe that will lead you all the way to Bahelia Road down the new McInvale Road interchange. So I just want to make sure, you know, excuse me, extension, just want to make sure that we uh, correct that for that. But I really do, again, appreciate the mayor coming on. So it looks like May of 21, the exit will be completed, but you'll just T-bone right in the green tee. They'll finish the exit all the way to McInvale behind Hernando Hills Elementary. extension all the way. extension. About another six months after that, we'll be ready to go. Should be just a, an awesome I mean, interchange. A north, a north entrance yeah. in Hernando. That's exactly right. I mean, if you are if you live in a certain area, I mean, if you live uh, green tea and stuff like that, I had to go to the country club coming from Tunica the other night, and it was it was awful to get to the country oh, club. Yeah. I think I drove all the way down to Getwell and came up green tea and stuff. It was Yeah, I mean, you, go, you could, I guess, go up to Nesbitt and come right. back down Old Mac. And, and, uh, the new McInvale. Right, sure. Know, no, that's going mean, to be an awesome, uh, absolutely awesome. Again, thank you to the mayor for coming on and visiting with us a little bit. We plan to talk with the mayor uh, more frequently. I mean, why not go straight to the top? You know, the person that uh, is, is speaker for your city, the person that uh, is quote-unquote running your city, uh, let's go straight to him. We appreciate him reaching out to us and, and coming on the UTW podcast. For more information about what the city does have in its plan for the next five to ten years, the city is having a business charrette that will be Monday at five o'clock. Monday at 5 o'clock, uh, the 19th, there will be a business charrette. And what a charrette is, is a planning session in which the citizens, the city officials, and the consultants meet to work on a vision for development of the city's future and kind of the designs that they have, you know, kind of plans they want to have. The charrette it provides, it's going to have a forum where the uh, inclusion of all the ideas from the different parties can come in. And then it'll uh, once it takes place, the mayor will spend Tuesday and Wednesday driving around with the consultants, kind of showing them what we already have, where everything's located. And then on Thursday, the 22nd, there'll be a presentation of the findings and the inputs over the three-day time period on next Thursday, the 22nd at 5 p.m. Now, I did ask the mayor uh, off record during the inter- uh, after the interview, does that mean that they're going to be presenting the plan on next? He said, no, 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 no. He said, this is just what they want to basically restate what they've heard, restate what they've seen, and then they will take that back to their offices, spend the next few months going on and everything, and then at some point in the future, they will present what they would recommend for the city for the next five or ten years. And this is something that by state law, the city must have every so often is a, a basically a comprehensive plan for the city. Kind of like the, the ward plan? <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope it does not take nine years to get a five-year plan. That would yeah. be bad. We would then be four years behind. Right. Yeah, so let's, let's hope. Let's hope <laughs> um, also, Derek, uh, talking about the 69 exit there on McInvale, two exits up at the Lauder Road exit. We talked about it in the last couple of weeks. Uh, a meeting will be held October 19th. Same night. Same night as the business charrette, um, except it will be starting an hour early. Earlier. The charrette will be at the 5. The charrette will be at 5. Okay. Be Love's meeting in the um, uh, administration building, mm-hmm. second floor. 
uh, Board of Supervisors room. They'll be discussing the picture of this, uh, if you're the podcast listeners, Lauder Road and 69, property right there on the southwest corner, discussion about it becoming a Love's gas station, Love's fuel center. Well, yes. The developer, the Love's the developer. Yes. Yes. Love's is trying to uh, discuss with the neighbors, discuss with the people around that area. Currently at this time, they have, it's it's zoned for a C store, zoned for a right. store. However, it doesn't allow for, for showers or overnight parking for the uh, the big rigs Correct. for the big trucks. Okay. And so, again, we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks, a meeting to discuss that. Uh, Loves is a truck stop. Loves is one of the most reputable truck stop companies, and they want to see that change so they can build a Loves truck stop there at Lauder and 69, just two exits up from what we were just discussing on McAville. October 19th, in the administration building at 6 o'clock upstairs. Um, other, another thing, Derek, we talk about local news a lot. Uh, something fun coming up with the DeSoto Arts Council. I know you are a board member for the DeSoto Arts Council. Tell us more about that. This weekend, something for the, you know, we're always looking for things. And what the, the next kind of two things we're going to talk about has to do with just being outside with your children, being able to have events that have been, you know, on the shelf for six to seven months now. And the first one is this weekend at from 10 to 12 at the DeSoto Arts Council. There will be painting of pumpkins. Um, you'll be able to uh, each your child will get a pie pumpkin. We'll be able to decorate it. And the theme of the decoration are trolls. So if you were basically we were all in quarantine or, or I guess lockdown in April and you know the Trolls movie was released right in the middle of April they charged I think $20 and you could watch it for a certain time period and it was I think it made over 100 million dollars online or I guess uh, through streaming services which is an, just an astronomical amount of money for a streaming you know service movie and so I know that if you have children probably under the age of 12 you probably have seen the troll movies you probably have seen it multiple times but they will be take, decorating the pro uh, the pumpkins this weekend uh, with the troll and to help the children do this poppy the troll will be in person there so uh, if you've watched the movie i'm sure you know who poppy is poppy the troll will be there to help the children walk around assisting them taking pictures with them and uh, i think it's just gonna be a great event again it'll be outside gonna be a beautiful cool saturday only five dollars per child so please just come out support the arts council and but the main thing is is just to let your children be able to meet uh, a character uh, be able to get a pumpkin to take home with them and you know put it out for your decorations i think it's just gonna be a, a really fun event definitely sounds like a good time this coming saturday 10 to 12 to Soto Arts Council right there, downtown Hernando, right off the square, just about 50 yards north on 51 is where the DeSoto Arts Council. Derek, when I think of Troll, I think about the person who, the two people that left two-star reviews for us on iTunes the first week of our show. You think they were trolling us? I, I think that was definitely what I would call a troll, for sure. I mean, I, this, this, this is definitely at least a two-and-a-half-star show. Oh, man. At I mean, least come a two-and-a-half-star two, show. And that was only after the first two shows. I mean, two stars. I think what it was, remember we told our, our moms to go on and try and do five stars, and they actually did, did the two stars. They probably thought two shows, two stars. Exactly. That, that's it. Two plus that's two equals four. Exactly. Uh, something else uh, fun, family-related, coming up in October, the Crew Boo Fun Run will be October 31st from 1 to 3. That's the Crew Boo Fun Run on October 31st on Halloween Day, 1 to 3. It's basically a costumed or certainly encouraging costumes uh, for your children to come out. Kids of all ages uh, at the old track right there, right next to the DCS administration building is where it's going to be uh, located. If you look all over the uh, the Facebook page of Crew Fernando, you will see a race roster sign up. 
You'll see the place that you can go and register. It's going to be a heck of a good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. And all the proceeds for this will go towards Hernando Teacher Grants. That is Hernando Teacher Grants through the DeSoto uh, Economic Council that we uh, we are able to fund each and every year. I think, Derek, we funded 14 grants this year, mm-hmm. totaling almost $6,000. So that's something we've done. I, I want to say we've probably pushed over the $50,000, $60,000 mark, oh, yeah. Yeah. $50, mark for the uh, Hernando Teacher Grants over the last uh, nine years. So that, that's what this money is going to go to. It's going to be a heck of a good time and a lot of fun. It will be a, a wonderful time for um, – you know, photos, Instagrams, Snapchats, or anything like that. So it'll be a really, really fun time. That's the Crew Boo Fun Run coming up October 31st uh, right here in Hernando at the Old Track. Yeah, we're going to have the moon balances. There'll be, you know, drinks. There'll be snacks. Uh, all the finishers of the race. Now, the race is – Children, uh, the kid finishers. Right, the kid yeah. finishers of the race. Uh, uh, again, the race is a loosely used term. It can be walked, ridden, uh, pulled. They will all receive a pumpkin medal. A finishing medal. So again, just a great event, and I uh, hope that the the community comes out and supports the crew, and also just enjoys a, a wonderful early afternoon before trick or treating that night. Again, one to three, so plenty of. It's definitely early enough for you not to be uh, affected from a, a trick or treat standpoint. So looking forward to a lot of fun and uh, and a good time. Podcast is brought to you by the Print House, located at twenty four sixty two Church Street in Hernando. The Print House is your one stop shop for printing services. Business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs. Whether it's a new logo or marketing plan for your business or a large order of t-shirts, the ladies at the print house can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. Or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's theprinthousems.com. Derek, happy to uh, welcome a new advertiser on the UTW podcast. We'd like to welcome William Services to the show. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves are about to start falling. William Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard and his team a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find them on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Richard, we thank you so much for Believing us here at the UTW podcast, a wonderful visit with him the other day. Just a nice, polite gentleman. Uh, again, a veteran, probably mid thirties, who is is bound and determined to be one of the best landscape uh, companies in the Desoto County area. That's great, uh, great, and we really do appreciate uh, his belief in us, and also just for you know the services he can offer to our listeners. So again, uh, thank you for that. And again, if you need your yard cleaned up because the you know, the leaves are falling, the yard's about to get stacked, packed. And so just uh, have them come in there, clean up the sticks, the leaves, everything that falls, and um, you know, get your yard looking nice for the winter. So we're going to turn our attention now to sports. Obviously, that's what we do on our Friday show is turn our attention to sports. Before we get to the pigskin, we're going to talk a little volleyball, Derek. You and I have talked the last two or three weeks, being a bit surprised, learning more and more about the Soto County volleyball and the efforts in this area. And so just very proud of, uh, of the different um, teams that we've started to look at and cover. Uh, just a quick thing, middle school related. Under the water tower right here in Hernando, um, the listeners will be happy to know that 7th and 8th grade county champions reside right here in Hernando, Mississippi. So this, both the 7th and 8th grade are coached by the same lady. They are the middle school champions for DeSoto County, both in the 7th and 8th grade ranks. Congratulations to those uh, young ladies, and keep up the hard work. And then uh, also had some great uh, announcements for the high school ranks. Before we get into the high school stores, we did have the playoffs start this week, but Lewisburg's Kennedy Simmons 
was named the Mississippi Volleyball Player of the Week. So congratulations to Ken- Kennedy Simmons of Lewisburg. She was named, the again, the Mississippi Volleyball Player of the Week. And then the week before that, uh, DeSoto Central's Gracie Tacker was named the Mississippi Volleyball Player of the Week. So for the past two weeks, the Player of the Week in volleyball for the state of Mississippi has resided in DeSoto County, which just shows the strength of volleyball in our county. Now looking <clears throat> excuse me, to the scores for this week, three 6A teams and two 5A teams from the county that were participating in volleyball playoffs. The first was Lewisburg. Lewisburg did fall to Madison Central 3-1. to one. Final scores were 25-12, 25-18, 18-25, and then 25-17 again in favor of Madison Central. So Lewisburg season does end, but it's a great season. They were able to make the, the, the playoffs. And, of course, we, as we talked about in the last podcast, your champion is going to come from the Jackson area or the DeSoto County area. And, again, Madison Central did get the best of Lewisburg this time. The next match was DeSoto Central uh, versus Clinton. DeSoto Central won that match 3-1, to one, scores 25-19, 20-25, 25-13, and 25-20. DeSoto Central will now play uh, Oxford on Saturday in the second round of the volleyball playoffs. A couple of stats for DeSoto Central. Amoni Silas had five aces and 21 kills. Gracie Tacker, who we just mentioned two weeks ago, the player of the week for State of Mississippi, she had two aces and 35 assists. And Kyla Beal had nine digs. The last match for 6A in DeSoto County was Germantown versus Hernando. Hernando uh, had a great season, but unfortunately they did, they did fall to Germantown 3-0. The scores being 27-25, 25-7, and then 25-18. So, again, Hernando's season comes to an end, but you got to hold your head up, uh, girls, because you, you, know, you made it to the playoffs, which is uh, the goal as you start the, you know, the first of the year. In 5A, we had two teams that were both teams that are 5A schools in DeSoto County made the playoffs. The first was Center Hill. Center Hill played Vicksburg. They won 3-0. Scores 25-6, 25-1. And 25 to 8, just a total massacre of Vicksburg. Vicksburg did not get into double digits on any of the sets. Center Hill will now play at New Hope, Columbus on Saturday in the second round. And then Lake Cormorant uh, played Ridgeland, and they won 3 to 0. Their scores 25 11, 25 20, and 25 22. So a little closer than the Center Hill Vicksburg match, but still, you know, 1 3 0. Ridgeland did not get a set on Lake Cormorant. Lake Cormorant, Elijah, uh, excuse me, Alea. Rose had 24 kills and 15 digs, and Jasmine Shakan had 32 assists and 15 digs. So again, uh, you know, both teams advance into the second round of the playoffs for 5A. So three of the five teams that enter the playoffs are still in it. You know, girls, we wish you good luck as you go Saturday to the next round. Good luck, girls. Good luck to uh, DC. Good luck to Lake Cormorant and Center Hill in the playoffs. Congratulations to uh, Hernando and Lewisburg for making the playoffs. Uh, sorry it didn't work out a little bit further, but uh, certainly good luck to, to y'all uh, in the years to come. Speaking of assist. Matt, why don't you tell them, uh, the listeners how they can get an assist on a vacation? Podcast brought to you by Magical Destinations of Fernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work hard to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Their phone number is 662-469-6304. That's 662 662- 469-6304 
or check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Several games, as we always do each week to discuss. However, we do want to go off the top. A couple of the teams that have been, I guess, don't get to play this weekend because, due to COVID. Uh, unfortunately, DeSoto Central is sitting out the second of their two-week quarantine because of COVID on the team, which also affects Hernando, who is supposed to play D.C. for homecoming. And Matt, want you to talk a little bit about what they're going to do in place of that game. If you recall, the Hernando Tigers were set to play South Haven two weeks ago for their homecoming game, were not able to play because South Haven had a, a, a two-week quarantine. That was their first game to, to not play, and, and so South Haven had to forfeit to Hernando, which certainly improved their record. Uh, last week, Hernando played Lewisburg and absolutely just took him behind the woodshed. So Hernando moved So Hernando moved to 3-0 in district and 5-2 and on the season after playing Lewis, uh, Lewisburg last week. D.C., again, like Derek said, sitting out their second. This will be their second week. With the forfeit from tonight's game, Hernando moves to four and zero in district, six and two on the season. DC falls to two and five overall, and zero and four in district uh, due to tonight's um, unfortunate cancellation. Under the water tower, talk about what Hernando's doing. Hernando tonight, if you can hear our, our voice tonight, uh, please come out. Senior night for a multitude of sports. All the sports that play for Hernando High School, they will be recognizing the seniors. They will be also presenting the homecoming court, which was supposed to be presented two weeks ago. And they will also have a performance. Uh, I'm probably or pretty sure the Hernando band will be uh, performing there for their fall show. So big nights, not football, but homecoming, senior night. I think the choir is going to perform one or two songs. So a big night. They should look for a packed stadium in Hernando. It's a great opportunity to come out and support the young people. Should be a nice night. And, and again, come out and show some com- community spirit when the when the game's already been you know forfeited and and not able to happen. That's the world where we live in. It's nobody's fault with coronavirus on things getting canceled. But for Hernando, you know, just to have the luck that they've had to cancel her- homecoming games now twice not due to any of their fault of their own, that you know, they were not the ones that, that had the virus. And I'm not, again, I'm not blaming South Haven to Soda Central. It happens. I mean, of course, North Point early this year, it happened. But, you know, Hernando's been affected twice by it, both times trying to do a homecoming game. Well, this time the, you know, the administration said, well, we're not going to let the, the young people penalized, you know, for the entire just festivities of homecoming. So I'm really glad that they're doing this. I do hope that the community comes out and supports them. You know, there's usually a parade. Of course, the parade was canceled this year because of the virus. But again, we can still show support by coming out tonight, a beautiful, cool night in the fall, and just, you know, and just celebrate them. I mean, celebrate all aspects of it, cheerleading, football, band, court, and, you know, just everything but the game. I mean, sure. you know, it, it would have been a two-and-a-half-hour game probably when you have – you know, the, the game, plus a, it's usually extended halftime to do the homecoming festivities. Well, look, if it's two hours tonight doing all that, then that's even more time spent on the group as a whole. And so, and also the smaller sports that may not be recognized will also be recognized for their seniors. So I think it's a great thing that they're doing it and look really looking forward to uh, uh, that happening tonight. Right, it should be a big crowd. So, again, Under the Water Tower is not just the name of our podcast. It's, it's a lot of times the focus of our show. So please come out and support the Hernando Tigers, uh, at least the Hernando High School uh, group tonight. Now, We're going to talk about some games that are being played. Big game being played on the east side of the county. That's where I'll typically go to start, or we typically go to start. Center Hill, 2-1 record uh, in district. Center Hill, a 4-3 overall record. Hosting, New Hope. New Hope Trojans. New Hope Trojans. New Hope is 2-4 on the season, 1-2 in district. Uh, Derek, I'm taking Center Hill, the Center Hill Mustangs. That's what I'm taking. Center Hill, again, 1-2. New Hope, 1-2. Center Hill's showed themselves they had a you know kind of a slow start to the season but really showing themselves them and Lake Cormorant just kind of being the 
the class of the 5A right now, of course, with West Point. But, you know, Center Hill beats Lake Cormorant. Lake Cormorant beats West Point. So, we've got a, a you know, tie at the top there. New Hope's struggled this season. And I really think that Center Hill goes down there and gets the victory also. Picking Center Hill Mustangs over the New Hope Trojans on that one. Close by, Olive Branch versus South Haven. Derek, you and I have lived in DeSoto County now for almost 20 years. At one point, this was the absolute rival. Was huge. Huge game. This was a huge game each and every year. Uh, this season's going to be a bit different. Olive Branch comes in with a record of 4-2 and two overall, 1-2 and two in district. Olive Branch started 4-0 on the season. They've lost two games in a row. South Haven had some COVID-19 issues over the last uh, several weeks. So South Haven has only played, this will be their sixth game. So they've only played five games. That record is one win, four losses, 0-3 in district. Two of those losses are from forfeits. So South Haven hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, you know, a ton of football. Certainly been off for a, a while. This is their first game back. I really feel like Olive Branch just takes it to them. I'm going to go against you, Matt. I, All right. I, I think that uh, Olive Branch, you know, they started off the year, as you said, strong. They have, they're on a two-game losing streak. I really think they've figured out. South Haven's seen the film. They have been at home for the last two weeks. They, all they have been able to do is watch film. And so I really think that they've figured out what other teams have figured out. And I, I think that they're ready to play. Remember, the, the last game yeah, they played was a very close loss to Oxford, 31-28. Oxford, obviously, the, the, we'll talk about them in a minute, but they are the class of 6A right now. They're the only undefeated team uh, overall. Now, there are two undefeated teams in district. But um, I, I really think that uh, South Haven's been ready to play. And I think they come out. I think they air it out like they that's what they do. And I think that they outscore Olive Branch and then they get the victory. Yeah, it should be a good game. Again, Olive Branch and South Haven, uh, massive rivalry. Um, really, you know, since D.C. has come into the into the picture, I think D.C. and Olive Branch may even be big, bigger rivals now. But for years, South Haven and Olive Branch were huge. So good luck to those boys tonight. Uh, again, I'm taking Olive Branch. Derek's taking South Haven. Look forward to Tuesday to see what happens there. Lewisburg traveling to Tupelo. Uh, Lewisburg's going to go down to Tupelo and play on the blue field and uh, and see what happens there. Lewisburg 3-4 and four on the season. Lewisburg 0-3 oh in district. So really looking for a, a district win would be huge for them. Tupelo started out uh, struggling. Uh, they're, they're now 3-3 three and three on the season. Tupelo's 2-1 and one in district. So they've won two games in a row after they lost to the Hernando Tigers a couple of weeks back. So, uh, Derek, i got to be honest with you, I think Lewisburg's going to go to Tupelo, and Tupelo's kind of figured some things out. I think the coach has probably said, hey, man, you, you, you play for the Tupelo Golden Wave. You you better start. Let's have some pride. I feel like Tupelo's going to beat Lewisburg. I, mean, I hope that Lewisburg can get it turned around, but I just don't see it happening this week. I'm also going to go Golden Wave yeah. on the victory. Both agreeing on Tupelo probably uh, you know against Lewisburg. Certainly wish those young men uh, good luck on their ride down 78 and play hard against the Golden Wave. Horn Lake against Oxford. Horn Lake started out 0-2. We're struggling. You and I, we're, we're just like, man, they're going to be rebuilding. Horn Lake has figured something out. They're 3-2 and on the season, 3-0 and in district. They've won three games in a row. And when I say one, they've won handily quite well the games that they've played and uh, seem to be a really good football, maybe the hottest team uh, definitely in DeSoto County right now. But they've got to travel Horn Lake at Oxford. So Horn Lake has to go to Oxford. Oxford 5-0 and in the season, 3-0 and in district. A lot of people would say uh, Oxford's definitely – you know, maybe the, like you said, the class of 6A right now in North Mississippi. So it's going to be a hard game. But man, if there's one game I could go see, it'd be Horn Lake at Oxford. Oh, yeah, I agree. Who are you taking? I think the Eagles are going to give Oxford their first loss. I agree. <laughs> right. I agree. I, I, I had this one circled when I was doing the research, kind of looking at it. I mean, I, I think South Haven's going to win. That may shock some people because they're right. one and four, but two of their losses are forfeit, you know, COVID forfeit. Right, sure. So they're really one and two, 0 oh and one on the field. And so I, I, that one was not so hard. This one, I circled it, both 3-0 in district. I really think Oxford, I mean, they did struggle against South Haven. I think Horn Lake has a better defense than South Haven. Uh, if they can control the clock, which is what they're going to want to do, 
keep Oxford off the field. I'm thinking 17-14, 21-20 type game with the Eagles squeaking it out. So that's I'll also take the Eagles. You know, and if Horn Lake beats Oxford, I mean, then you look up and you got the Horn Lake Eagles and the Hernando Tigers in, in, in the top spot in district. So that would be pretty pretty amazing for their – I mean, they, they have to square up pretty soon. That's right. Oh, yeah, the, know, they, Hernando play, will play both of them. Exactly. Got to play pretty soon. Last public school game tonight – uh, here in in the county, Lake Comerant travels to Columbus. The Gators with a four and one record on the season, two and one in district. Uh, the Gators are, are a darn good football team right now in North Mississippi. Travel to Columbus. Columbus is one and five on the season, one and two in district. Derek, I think it's a Gator chomp tonight. Yeah, this is one of those games where if you've <laughs> lost every other game yeah. betting throughout the day. Then you just say I'm betting every I'm sure. all double or nothing on this game. Yeah, I think the Gators. I mean, just in a route. They're just better than Columbus. Columbus is not good this year. One in five. Those kids are ready. They're moving on for basketball season or or something. Or if it's if it's remotely cold, you know they're, <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be looking up. You oh, know, it's going to be chilly tonight. Yeah. So I, I, I think they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to be the looking house. up in the stands for their girlfriend or something like that. They're not thinking about football tonight. I think Lake Comer up big. So look forward to Tuesday to talk about that. Now moving on to the private school ranks. Again, we discuss. Magnolia Heights, uh, you know, on the UTW podcast because they have a, a good number of um, a good number of DeSoto County kids that that go to school down there. So uh, we're going to talk about them in a second, but we're going to start out with North Point. Derek, this obviously is a game that's important to you. North Point travels to Lausanne. Uh, if you've ever been to Lausanne in Memphis, let's just say it's not in the worst part of town in Memphis. Yeah, it's not it's not Isidore <laughs> Newman, but it's like you know one and one A. Absolutely, the the Lausanne Lynx uh, is the name of their mascot, the Lynx, which is I think is a, some type of a mountain lion type situation, yeah, it's cougar a, it's, it's type a thing. Cat. It's got those the real long pointy yeah. ears. North Point three and two overall in the season, one and one in district. North Point played uh, Mumford last week. Uh, the Mumford Trojans uh, did not get a win, but they come a little bit back down into their their league uh, and play Lausanne three one on the season, one and one uh, in district play. So this is a big district battle opportunity for uh, the North Point Trojans to to maybe uh, get on above five hundred in district. Yeah, and again, I usually recuse myself from these picks. I just want to give a little background on Lausanne. Lausanne is three and one, one and one. However, two of their wins are by COVID forfeit so they've actually only played two games oh wow yeah uh the, they are but of course both games were in district uh the win was against facs 56 to nothing that was the terrible. game that facs terrible yeah they're terrible that's the game that north point won <laughs> i think what 41 to 7 right. the other night uh with two weeks ago and then um the other one was a loss to ecs which um i think it was 38 26 or 36 28 one I'm, I maybe got those numbers flipped but um so about an eight point loss uh by the, and of course north point played ecs and lost by more than that so they played the exact same teams um lausanne has won by a little more and lost by a little less i think it's going to be a, a decently close game hopefully within a score or two but i, I really I, I would love to pick north point but going to lausanne having to play there and again just lausanne you know last year was an extremely tough team made the second round of the playoffs I just I think that Lausanne's going to pull out the win tonight. So we're not recusing ourselves this week. Not going to recuse ourselves. Well, good. This week. Well, then I'll, you know what? I, I, your kids go to North Point. Mine do not. But you know, I'm going to believe in the Trojans tonight. Believe in the Trojans. I'm going to believe in the Trojans. The hey, Trojans. Look, I'm, are, I'm doing. I'm doing the reverse. There you the go. Reverse, the reverse, yeah, the reverse that, jinx. That, yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, you cannot win. Yeah. As, as someone who manages a fantasy football team with you, um, I could see your exactly. what you're doing there. North Point's going to win tonight. North Point's going to go up there. They've played more football than Lausanne. Lausanne's uh, maybe been off for a little bit or something like that. But it doesn't matter. North point better team gonna win uh, at Lausanne tonight so good good luck to the Trojans uh, in Shelby County last game Pillow Academy Mustangs are coming to Magnolia Heights tonight down in Sanatobia 
Pillow Academy five and three on the season, one and two in district. MHS five and three on the uh, overall, and two and two. Gosh, I can't believe they've already played eight games. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I mean, we've been doing the show. This is now our twentieth episode. So if you're a, if you're a UTW podcast fan, um, you've listened to twenty episodes of, of, of Derek and I being fools here on well, the radio. All, yeah. Basically, everybody should have eight games under the belt. Exactly. These are the only ones that started on time and right. never had an issue. Right. So Pillow Academy again five and three, one and two coming to MHS five and three, two and two Magnolia Heights. Uh, I feel like is going to get the win tonight. I know Pillow Academy has a winning record. Magnolia Heights went to Marshall Academy last week, mopped the floor with them, twenty-eight nothing. Uh, Magnolia Heights, I feel like, is a better team. They're playing, uh, you know, good football right now. I'm assuming the district game. Assuming, district yeah, game. district game. You know, in the same division. So I'm picking the MHS Chiefs tonight. Agree. I think you know, they have very similar records, but I, I do believe with Pillow Academy having to come up here, I think Magnolia Heights. Again, had a great game last week. Defense really shut out, and I just think they get the win also tonight. So, look, I think what we're going to do, because we've picked a lot of the different teams. Again, we've, we've done the Tigers and Jags things. We've done the Center Hill Mustangs uh, against the New Hope Trojans. Uh, we've done uh, those different things. So, let's do one, Derek. Trojan versus the Lynx. Man, I'm glad you picked this one uh, <laughs> because I can now pick a Trojan for the victory. Yeah, I'm going to um, go with a Trojan. The, all right, so a Lynx, it, it, now, if you, you know, again, if it was a Tiger in a cage, yeah, That's a completely no different problem. story. Sure. But a lynx is a smaller cat. If you've ever been to the Memphis Zoo, they do have a lynx up there. And it's just a smaller cat. I'm not saying it can't be, you know, it's bobcat size. Sure. So it could cause some issues. But with armor, with a sword, Trojan. Trojan. In a, in a cage fight, Trojan's going to be Lynx uh, just you know each and every day. Again, Mustangs, uh, Pillow Academy playing the Chiefs. Uh, look, historically, Chiefs are going to beat the Mustangs. They just they, they tame the – They break them. Exactly. They break them. I mean, all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're going to pick this the, tonight. Trojans Trojans over the Lynx. Uh, we'll see how it comes out in the, on the field. Man, it's hard to believe it's our 20th show. 20th show. 20th show. We appreciate everybody. Uh, we continue to watch listenership grow and grow each and every week. Uh, we just thank you for uh, believing us. Thank you for turning us on on Tuesdays and Fridays. We thank you uh, thank you to our advertisers as we meet, reach this. I mean, I know it's only 20 shows, but it's a milestone. Whatever. I'd love to be 20 again. Man. <laughs> love to be 20 again. But it's one of those, you know, the, 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 the crux knowing that, yes, 20 again, knowing what I know now. Look, if you like what you hear each and every week, join us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's the UTW Podcast on Facebook. Also on Instagram at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Instagram. On Twitter, a bit different. UTW Pod on Twitter. That's UTW Pod. And again, you hear it each and every week. Uh, you've heard it 20 times now. Most important thing is wherever you're listening to our show, wherever you're listening to our voice right now, go hit the subscribe button. That allows you to know when we release a new show right now on Tuesdays and Fridays. You know, we're getting a lot of calls from different people wanting to come on, different people wanting to do interviews and, and, and start to spread their message to our listeners. So who knows? Maybe we'll grow more shows in the future. But as of right now, it'll let you know on Tuesdays and Fridays uh, when those shows are released. So just uh, continue to a, a good time. Hope you have a great weekend and uh, enjoy the show. Oh, you too. I'm really looking forward to just a, a beautiful weekend, a cool weekend, getting out and watch some good county football. And uh, be ready to talk about it next week. Uh, if there's nothing else to talk about, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl. Same grade.